Take your handouts if you have it, and uh, you want to find your place in your handout. We'll continue. It's going to be a bit of a challenge over the next couple of weeks. Uh, we will, uh, won't be able to finish this up today, but we will be able to finish it up in just a couple of weeks. So uh, we're kind of getting, things are getting, kind of getting broke up a little bit, and that makes it harder on you but, um, and harder on me, but if we'll pay close attention, we'll still be able to, to get what we need to get out of our study. Now, you want to turn your Bibles, if you would, to Ecclesiastes, the book of Ecclesiastes. We are on letter H in your handout. I know uh, Cindy has just begun to carry the handout with her wherever she goes. It seems that way anyway. You never know when we're going to pick it back up. All right, William, are you ready? All right. Okay, we've been studying the, the fool. We studied the scorner, or excuse me, the simple the simpleton or the simple person uh, already from the book of Proverbs. We finished that study. Remember, the simple person is kind of, their attitude is, uh, I don't know. You know, I don't know what truth is. I don't really know what to do. The simple person lacks a lot of understanding and wisdom, of course. And remember, wisdom is crying out. Wisdom is crying out for anyone to receive wisdom. Uh, But if a simple person persists in their simplicity... It will not just stay simplicity, they will, it will turn into being a foolish individual, which will then turn into being, being a scorner of the truth, someone who mocks it and ridicules it and attacks it. Uh, they don't have the truth themselves, but they act like they do. And, um, and so we're looking at the fool here. If, if the simple person would say, if their slogan would be, oh, I don't know, then uh, the, the slogan for the fool would be, what do they know? And remember, that shows up, it can start showing up in the life of a young person, sometimes junior high age, sometimes before that. Uh, it doesn't always happen at the same time. And I'll tell you this, it doesn't have to happen. You don't have to be a fool. I don't have to be a fool if we'll yield to the call of wisdom. Let's, let's jump right in. Uh, for sake of time, we're not going to try to finish it today, um, but, uh, but we will we'll make a little bit of progress here. Look at letter H in uh, your handout. Letter H, uh, we're talking about the characteristics of a fool, and there are many that the Bible gives, so we're on letter H. Uh, letter H says that the fool refuses correction and instruction. The, f- the fool refuses correction and instruction. And I could ask you, how do you do when it comes to receiving instruction? How do you do when, when, you're, when your authority corrects you? By the way, is, is authority always right? No, our authority is not always right. Um, and that, that's a real challenge for a person, uh, for any of us, when our authority tries to correct us and they're not necessarily right themselves. It does make a real challenge. But how should a person respond to their authority when their authority is seeking to correct them? And a fool, he refuses correction. He will not be corrected, and he will not be instructed. Nobody is going to tell him what to do. Uh, So how do you handle correction? Uh, 
uh, what is your thinking? Do you tend to have the mindset that you know better? Is that where you tend to end up in your thinking? Uh, Proverbs chapter 17 in your handout says in verse 10, A reproof entereth more into a wise man than in hundred stripes into a fool. Now, the proverb here is not saying that someone should be spanked a hundred times or beaten a hundred times. That's not the point of the proverb. The proverb is that a reproof, a verbal reproof, hey, please don't do that again. A verbal reproof enters into a wise man faster than a fool who is, that suffers greatly. A fool has to suffer and suffer the same consequences over and over and over and over and over again. And a fool will persist. A fool, a foolish person will persist. They won't stop. And, and they can lose all kinds of things. They can suffer great harm and they continue in their foolishness. Uh, so a fool refuses correction and instruction. Look at the next proverb there, Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 22 in your handout. I'll read it aloud. It says, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. A fool hates knowledge. Uh, don't bother me with what you think the facts are. And that's how they would say it, because they don't really believe there is any absolute truth. A fool, if you need a handout, some of the men are passing out handouts. So you can raise your hand and they'll, they'll get one to you. Uh, a fool hates knowledge. He, he believes he is, he is, he determines truth. He determines what truth is. And then look at Proverbs 15 and verse 5 in your handout. It says, a fool despiseth his father's instruction, but he that regardeth reproof is prudent. Remember that prudent person, he's thinking with the future in mind. He's making decisions today with the future in mind. Is it a good thing for us to be prudent, yes or no? Should we make the decisions we make today, should we make them with the future in mind? We should. A prudent person does that. But a fool, the Bible here says in in chapter 15 and verse 5, a fool despiseth his father's instruction. Uh, This isn't the point of our study, but the the word despises means to pull down, to minimize, uh, to minimize. It's possible for a person to despise God. It's possible for a person to despise the word of God. And it's, a possible for a per, it's possible for a person to despise the authority, the God-given authority that God's placed in our lives. Now again, I ask you, is authority always right? No. Mm. What should we do when authority isn't right? Well, I know we should make them look, we should expose them. Now, I'm, I suppose there are times where uh, a, 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 an, an evil authority should be exposed, okay? But as a general rule, when mom or dad isn't right about something, or maybe a teacher isn't right about something, or even an employer isn't right about something, maybe they were mistaken, that doesn't mean that I, as the employee, need to make sure that all the other employees know that our boss doesn't have a clue, <laughs> Okay? A, a, a foolish person, by his nature, despises authority. And in this passage, who, does he, who is the, what, which, what authority is he despising in this passage? The son's despising his, what? Father. What does he know? 
It's the mark of a fool. Okay, it's the mark of a fool. Uh, Letter I, letter I. Let's move along. Um, Poor decisions. We're looking at characteristics of a fool. A fool is characterized by poor decisions. You know that, remember again, now wisdom is calling out to you, to me, and saying, follow me, embrace me, wisdom. Um, I can be a wise pastor, or I can be a simple pastor. I can be a wise pastor, or I can be a foolish pastor. That would be a terrible thing for a church. I can be a wise husband, or I can be a foolish husband. I can be a wise a father, or I can be a foolish father. See, we are all here. You're a young person. You have this choice, too. Wisdom is calling out to you. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with that call of wisdom? And really, the call of wisdom in Proverbs is the call of Christ. It really is. It's the call of Christ. So he's characterized, letter I, by poor decisions. The fool chases empty dreams. Now, some of us are dreamers. I don't mean the kind of dream I shared with you a couple weeks ago. But uh, some of us are dreamers. We're always thinking about the way things could be. And, and dreamers, by nature, tend not to be content with the way things are. Okay. And I'm not saying that just because you, you're a dreamer or you tend to dream big and get excited about things that aren't reality yet. The world needs some dreamers, okay, and some visionaries. Not necessarily a bad thing, but a foolish person, the fool, is characterized by empty dreams. They're always chasing what they don't have, what isn't. Uh, They tend to be distracted by irrelevant and non-essential things. Non-essential things. They're consumed with the giddy and the foolish. And so, since fools refuse instruction and correction, they feel that their ideas and their pursuits are best. In other words, what they're dreaming about. They look around at what they have and they kind of scoff at what they have. You know, they don't, they don't like authority. They don't like absolutes. They want to make, they want to chart their own course. And so, who is it? Who is it that is in control of all things? God is. God is in control of all things. There is nothing that happens on this planet that God does not allow. So a fool, the biggest problem that a fool has is, the biggest, the biggest problem he has is with God. He's not content with what he has. He's, he's always wanting something more. Look at Proverbs 14 and verse 8 there in, in your handout. It says, the wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way. He's, he, the prudent man's looking at where he's heading in life. And, but the folly of fools is deceit. Not living in reality, not living in honesty. Proverbs 14 and verse 24 says, The crown of the wise is their riches, but the foolishness of fools is folly. And that's an interesting way to put that. The foolishness of fools is folly. The word folly has the idea of foolishness. So it's just one big pot of foolishness. It just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Um, Look at Proverbs 16 and verse 22. It says, Understanding is a wellspring of life unto him that hath it. Understanding is life-giving, is the idea. But the instruction of fools is folly. Again, the idea is foolishness. Uh, Look at uh, Proverbs 17 and verse 16. Wherefore is there a price in the hand of a fool to get wisdom, seeing he hath no heart to it? So what would you pay for wisdom? 
the fool wouldn't give you anything for it because his heart isn't for it. He doesn't recognize it as good. Why? Because what he's doing, the way he thinks, he doesn't need anything else. Don't bother me with anything else. You don't know anything that I don't already know, the fool would say. I've got it all under control. Um, Look at Proverbs 17 and verse 24. Wisdom is before him that hath understanding. But the eyes of a fool are in the ends of the earth. And the idea there is of an idle dreamer. The eyes of a fool are in the ends of the earth. Now, he's got work to do. He's got a family to provide for. He's got children that need parenting. He's got a wife that needs to be loved. The employer has has requirements and deadlines that need to be met. You know, I I do think to some degree, and I'm, I, I hope I'm not making light of it too much, it's not, a, it's not a good thing. It's not a quality to be an idle dreamer. I think sometimes it's possible to, to be an idle dreamer, and I enjoy athletics. I enjoy watching a game. I don't enjoy watching Michigan and Notre Dame play each other. Uh, but uh, I enjoy a game. I, I enjoy things like that. But, but it is possible, I think, to fit into this idea of idle dreamer uh, with some of the things that we have. It, it, remember, it's, it's the thoughts that are idle, that produce nothing, that have no real point or purpose. Um, so it would be possible uh, to be vegetating there on the couch with game after game after game after game while life reality is going by. And I'm not saying don't watch a game or games. The same could be true for uh, uh, social media, Right? Idle, idle dreamer. We're not, we're not really doing it. Nothing's happening, but we're just kind of catching up on everyone else's life. Uh, or maybe, maybe for a person, it could be the news. You know, you're in that news cycle, always following every little thing, and you understand there's no end to that. <laughs> it continues. It, and so be careful. Be careful that you're not an idle dreamer. Uh, letter J. Let's continue on here. All right, Todd, I think you're going to have to help me out. Letter J. You could send it forward, Todd, to the next one. There we go. And I got it from there. Thank you. Letter J. Meddles in the affairs of others. Looking at these characteristics of a fool. A fool meddles in the affairs of others. Now, again, this is not a term that I made up. You might know someone, or maybe you are that person who meddles in the affairs of other people. You know, what's going on? What, what's going on with them? No, I want to talk about it. Maybe you know somebody like that. Um, this isn't the term that I'm making up. This is the term that God ascribes to people who meddle in the affairs of others. They're always curious about every, everyone else's business. Look at Proverbs 20 and verse 3 says, It is an honor for a man to cease from strife, but every fool will be meddling. A wife could play the fool in this scenario, like anyone else. Let's say her husband and another man are at odds with one another, and they, according to Proverbs 20 and verse 3, they choose it's honorable to cease from strife. Okay, He's not going to have aught with, this, with his co-worker or his, his friend. His friend's not going to have aught with him anymore. They're going to be honorable and cease from strife. But a wife could continue meddling in that business, poking it, rekindling the, the friction, you see. 
Same can be true for a husband, okay? Um, in, 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 reverse, in a reverse role. Uh, don't be a church member who plays the fool in this, in this way. Okay, letter K, hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. <clears throat> a life that does not match wisdom. Hypocrisy is saying one thing and doing something else. You could answer this question for yourself. Are you a genuine person? Are you a sincere, genuine person? Now, that's good to be sincere. It, it is a bad thing to be sincerely bad. Okay, well, at least I'm genuine. Are you a, are you a genuinely wise person? Or are you a genuinely foolish person? Okay, uh, a foolish person, is, he's, he's not genuine. He's a hypocrite. Look at Proverbs 26 and verse 7. This is an interesting uh, way to put this. The legs of the lame are not equal. Talking about someone who uh, has some sort of a, a defect in their walk. The, their feet are not of, of equal length. and Maybe for whatever reason, but they're not going to walk the same way that most of us would be able to walk. Um, the legs of the lame are not equal. So is a parable in the mouth of a fool. And the idea is just very simply this. He's a hypocrite. The fool says one thing, you ought to do this, but he does something else. We talked about it this morning. As parents, one of, the, one of the best ways, one of the quickest ways to offending our children is to be a hypocrite. Say one thing and do something else. Be godly to our children. Follow the Lord. You ought to obey the Bible, son, and not do it ourselves. Okay, don't be a hypocrite. It's foolishness. It really is. All right, letter M. Letter M. Oh, letter L. All right. Unreliable. Unreliable. I was almost unreliable there. All right. Letter L. The fool is unreliable. And it's a product of no focus. He doesn't focus. Um, Proverbs 26 and verse 6 says, He that sendeth a message by the hand of a fool cutteth off the feet and drinketh damage. Now that's about as an extreme a statement as can be made. To send a message by the hand of a fool is basically to have your feet cut off. <laughs> um, the message isn't going to get through. It's not going to get communicated the way you want it communicated. Um, he's unreliable. Um, so if a person's unreliable, if a person is foolish, we should confess our sin and ask God to make us wise and reliable. Letter M. We'll move along. Are you running that up there, Todd? Okay, you got it, because I'm not sure. Letter M. Uh, laughter and amusement from the silly and empty. Laughter and amusement from the silly and empty. And we're talking about the fool still. Now, is it wrong to laugh? The Bible says, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Laughter is a good thing. But there's some things about laughter we could learn. You're in Ecclesiastes. Look at chapter 7 and verse 3. Chapter 7 and verse number 3. And I'm going to read down through verse number 6. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Ecclesiastes is right after Proverbs. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 3. The Bible says, sorrow is better than laughter. Do you agree with that? The Bible says it. We should agree with it. <laughs> How many of us like sorrow more than laughter? No. But the Bible says sorrow is better than laughter. 
For by the sadness of the countenance, the heart is made better. Verse 4, he says, the heart of the wise is in the house of mourning. It's not a bad thing to mourn. But the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. Ideas of a party. It is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. It'd be better for us, for you and for me, to be rebuked by wisdom. To be said, don't, no, don't, you're doing the wrong thing. Do it this way. Don't live your life that way. Live your life this way. It'd be better for us to hear that kind of rebuke from wisdom than for us to go out and listen to a tune of this world written and sung by somebody who doesn't believe there's a God and doesn't live like there's a God. Now, we could listen to that song, and it might have a catchy tune, and it might have some neat words or lyrics, and it might have something that would be appealing to us, okay? But God says it'd be much better to hear the rebuke of wisdom and be corrected than to continue going through life just having a great time. And I don't have as much rhythm as I probably should to clip my fingers. Pastor Bird, you might have to come up and help me out. Look at verse 6, he says, For as the crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of the fool. This is also vanity. This is vanity. Look look at letter N, letter N. Um, And this is the last characteristic of a fool that we'll look at from Scripture. uh, And then we'll move along a little bit. We have a little bit more time. And letter N is financial uh, irresponsibility. Financial irresponsibility. Uh, And this is a characteristic of a foolish person. Uh, No saving. He doesn't save. He spends it all. And he doesn't have any discipline. He doesn't have any discipline. Now we could all say, well, if I had more money, I'd save more. But that's not how that's supposed to work. Well, if I had as much money as so-and-so, I'd save more. Well, maybe you would save more, but if you're not saving anything now, it's highly unlikely you would save anything then. And again, if you, I don't know who saves what, and I don't know who of you are savers. Some of you are savers. You're hoarders. Keep everything. And you're, you're very good about saving money. And that's a good thing. Um, maybe you're not. Maybe you spend it all. And I want you to know that's a characteristic of a foolish person. It's not wisdom. It's not wise. It's foolishness. Uh, look at Proverbs 21 and verse 20. It says, There is a treasure to be desired, and oil in the, in the dwelling of the wise. So they have what they need, and in this case, even in an abundance. But a foolish man spendeth it up. A foolish man spendeth it up. And my question to you is, are you spending everything that you have? What are you doing with what you have? It's a characteristic of a fool to spend up everything that he has. So, uh, now, wisdom. Young person, you're here, you're a young person, maybe you do some jobs here and there, or maybe grandma and grandpa give you some cash for your birthday or, or Christmas. You ought to, and parents, we ought to help our children learn to save. Do you save? Are you a saver? Sometimes mom and dad, we say, oh, wow, that's great. Look what you have. Let's go to what was Toys R Us. 
and let them spend everything. Wisdom would say, don't do that. Wisdom would say, help your children learn, okay, this is what you have. You received it by a gift or via a gift or you worked for it. This is what you have. So this is what, this is what you should do with what you have. You should give to the Lord. You should uh, decide, what you, is there anything that you need? And most of the time, children will look around at what they have and say, no, I guess not. Mom and Dad are providing for everything that I need. And so what we could do with our children is say, well, so let's take a portion of that. You've been saving for this toy, this trip. You can spend some of it on that. But the rest of it, this percentage needs to go to be saved. Okay. And, and wisdom for a young person would be to save some money. Save some money. Okay, Roman numeral three, and we'll make our way along here. Roman numeral three. The fool is faced with a decision. What's the decision that the fool is faced with? Well, either he needs to repent and cry out for the mercy of God when he's afflicted by the consequences of his lifestyle, or he will be destroyed. And by the way, foolishness is not just a characteristic that can be hidden within a person. It has consequences. The fool, as well as the simple person and the wise person, they are different lifestyles. They're, they're a way of thinking, and not just with the mind, but with the heart. And so the foolish person is faced with, with this decision. What's he going to do? Is he going to repent of his actions, of his foolishness, and have the mercy of God and receive wisdom? Or is he going to continue on in his foolishness, and is he going, is he going to be destroyed? Letter A. Uh, you see it there, affliction. Affliction. Affliction comes to the foolish. Uh, when a person is f- afflicted because of their foolishness, they ought to cry out to God, they ought to repent, and, they, and, and God will deliver. He's merciful. But if, when the fool is afflicted by God, he will repent, God will deliver him. I, I can remember preaching at a, uh, a rescue mission in Baltimore, Maryland. And there were, seemed to me, uh, at least 150 men who did not have a home to stay in. They did not have a house to live in. And adjacent to that shelter, the Baltimore Rescue Mission, there was a separate uh, living quarters for women who were homeless. And the men never had any of their children with them, but the women often had their children with them without any place to live at all. And I can remember I would go and I would preach and, and I would teach and uh, they would feed them meals, you know, dinner and normally breakfast and then they would be on their own for lunch and they had to leave every day. They could come back in the evening. And many of the men there had been coming and going like that for years. It was their lifestyle. They would go out during the day and they would beg and they would come back in the evening and they would receive their meal Others, it was just temporary. They were just getting back on their feet. And my point is this. Some of the men, many of the men who were there, were there because of foolish decisions. And you can look back through the characteristics of the fool, whether it was financial irresponsibility, or maybe it was because they were unreliable in the workplace, or maybe it was because of hypocrisy in their life, maybe in their marriage. Um, I look back, maybe it, was, maybe it was because of poor decisions. Most certainly would have been affected by poor decisions. Or maybe it was because they refused correction and instruction. Maybe it was because, letter G, they thought that sin was fun. And that it was a game and that it was a joke. And that they could 
uh, partake in the drugs and that it, they would be greater than and they would overcome the drugs. Maybe it was because they were self-confident. Maybe it was because of their unbridled anger in their homes and abusing their families. I don't know. And I'm not saying that every man there was a fool. But many of the men who were there were there because they had lived life not as a wise person, but as a foolish person. You see what I'm saying? I don't know that any of us here in this room are fools or maybe are playing the fool at the moment in our lives. And I'm not saying that any of us are going to end up in the Baltimore Rescue Mission because of our foolishness. But I do want us to understand very clearly that there are consequences for foolishness. And as I've said to you before, we can choose our sin, but we do not get to choose our consequence for sin. I can choose to reject the call of wisdom. I can choose to say, you know what? I don't believe it. I'm going to live my life the way I want to live my life. I'm going to live my life according to my rules. I don't believe there is a God. I guess I could say that. I suppose I can play the fool. We can choose our sin, rejecting wisdom and rejecting God and rejecting biblical authority, but we do not get to choose our consequences for our sin of rejecting wisdom. And so affliction comes, and when it comes, there needs to be a repentance, a turning away. Look with me over to Psalms, Psalm 107, if you would, in your Bible. Psalm 107. Psalm 107. What what amazed me so much when I would spend time at the Baltimore Rescue Mission was most often the men were not sorry for the way they'd lived their lives and they would not receive the truth of the Word of God. I could talk to them about their anger and what the Bible says about anger. I could talk to them about uh, finances and what to do with the finances they did have. And some of them had finances. I could talk to them about interpersonal relationships and how you treat somebody else and how you respond when they mistreat you. You know, I could talk to them about their marriage because many of them were married And they would reject it. Why? Because, what does he know? It's amazing. You're living in a rescue mission. And you will not listen to the words of wisdom. You know, sadly, sometimes married couples are not living in a rescue mission. They're living together in their house, and they will not heed the words of wisdom. Children, or parents with children, things are all over the place. Things are out of control, but they will not heed the words of wisdom. And the, end, and the reason for that ultimately is because of foolish thinking. Foolish thinking. So you're there in Psalm 107. Look at verse 17. I read down through verse 21. Verse 17, he says, Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Are you following that? Very simple. Fools, because of their own actions, are afflicted. 
Verse 18, their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. So anything, uh, anything that would be worthwhile in sustaining and would meet their need, they reject it. Verse 19, then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. So there is hope. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men, exclamation point. So I I read that because it's wonderfully hopeful. You and I, we may have played the fool at a time or two in our lives, or maybe you'd you'd say, Seth, I've played the fool a long time in my life. I've lived my life a long time like there is no God, like I'm not going to have to answer to anybody for anything that I've ever done in this life. And Pastor Seth, I have played the fool in my life. Seth, I've been the fool. Well, I want you to know something. That passage of Scripture is for you. Because if you'll cry out to the Lord and repent of your foolishness and say, Oh God, I am a fool. I have lived like you don't exist. I've made decisions. I've interacted with people like you don't exist. And God, this is, this is where I'm at. I deserve to be where I am. But Lord, would you please have mercy upon me and would you give me wisdom? I want you to know something. God will give wisdom. And more, on more than one occasion, God has taken the most foolish people on the face of the earth and he has made them the wisest people for his honor and for his glory. I think of the Apostle Paul. Paul uh, was rejecting the truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was persecuting the church. Now, Paul would have said there was a God, and he believed in Jehovah to a degree, but he was rejecting the truth of the word of God and what the Spirit of God was leading him in his life. And God took him, a man who was rejecting God, and he made him a man who preached Christ, preached God, preached the Bible, and even penned down much of the New Testament. Letter B, refusal to repent. Refusal, refusal to repent leads to a progressively hardened heart and will end in judgment. These are the decisions that a fool is faced with. He can either be afflicted and repent and be delivered by God, or he can refuse to repent His heart will progressively harden against God, and it will end in judgment and consequence. Look back to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 32. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 32. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 32. Look at verse 32. It says, For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. Think about that for a moment. The prosperity of fools shall destroy them. Um, Is it a good thing to have more stuff? Is it a bad thing to have more stuff? Not necessarily, but it is for a fool. For a foolish person to succeed in their foolishness, you see, is an entrapment. It's a snare. For a person who says, there is no God... I can live my life however I want to live my life. It doesn't matter. No one knows. This is, I don't believe, you know, I can live my life. For that person with that attitude, the fool, for him to succeed in life, it will validate in his heart 
that his thinking has been right. And ultimately, he'll ultimately reject God. Now, what happens ultimately to a person who rejects the Lord Jesus Christ and the salvation of God? Is that man who rejects the Lord Jesus Christ and the salvation of God, is that man able to save his soul from death and hell someday? No. Stuff's not bad. Success, succeeding at something, at work, in a career, in business, in the military, wherever you are, that's not necessarily a bad thing. You and I ought to strive to be the best that God enables us to be. God's people ought to be the most dependable, honest people of integrity on the face of the earth. And it ought to be that way. It's not always that way. But a foolish person who continues in his foolishness and seems to succeed in his own eyes is, is, will be destroyed. Look at some of the ways that a fool suffers destruction. You're still in Proverbs. Look over to chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10. You might jot down some of these references. I didn't put all of them in your handout, but Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 21. And this is, you think about this in the perspective of school too. Uh, sometimes it's possible for a young person uh, to transition from being a simple person to being a fool even in their junior high and especially high school ages. And so if a high school student is, is in a school and he's playing the fool and he's getting away with it, let's say he graduates. Let's say he's the, cool, the coolest guy in school. Let's say the teachers laugh at his jokes and he gets, we feed him to make him believe that he is fine. It, it really is, we're, we're not helping the young man at all or the young lady at all. Look at Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 21. It says, the lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of wisdom. And so death is a result ultimately of being a fool. Uh, I have it written down in your, in, your bio, in your handout there. Psalm 94, verses 1 and 2 says, O Lord God, to whom vengeance belongeth, and vengeance doesn't belong to us, it belongs to God. O God, to whom vengeance belongeth, show thyself, lift up thyself, thou judge of the earth, render a reward to the proud. And then still in Psalm 94, in verses 8 and 9, he says, Understand ye brutish among the people, and ye fools, when will ye be wise? He that planted the ear, shall he not hear? Talking about God, don't you think he can hear what you're saying? He that formed the eye, shall he not see? Don't you understand? God's talking to the fool. Don't you know that I created you? I gave you your ears. I gave you your eyes. And don't you understand that I see what you're doing? I see your heart. I see you rejecting me. I hear what you're thinking. I hear what you're saying. Um, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 35, I think it's on the overhead there, Todd. It says, The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the promotion of fools. So what are some of the ways that fools suffer destruction? Well, death, we've seen consequences, we've seen from Psalm 94. And now in Psalm, or Proverbs 3 verse 35, we see that shame is the promotion of fools. And I've said to you before, how many of us like promotions? We all like promotions. Uh, but not this promotion. Have you ever, we've all been ashamed of something 
or things, haven't we? Do you, do you know that feeling? Do you know that feeling? You, you just wish you didn't have to face it. You just wish you hadn't said it. You just wish you hadn't sent it on the email or the text. You just wish, you just wish you'd just done the right thing. You just wish you could go back, but you can't. It's a terrible feeling, and I felt it far too many times in my life. Shame is the promotion of fools. Look with me still in your Bibles. You're in Proverbs 10. Look at, look at verse 14. Proverbs 10, verse 14. We'll draw to an end here. He says, wise men lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. Destruction is another consequence. Look over to Proverbs chapter 7 and verse 22. Proverbs 7 and verse 22. He goeth after her straightway as an ox goeth to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks. So there is going to be correction, in, and most likely the fool is not going to heed it, but he's going to face correction. And I'll just read for you Proverbs 26 and verse 3 says, A whip for the horse, a bridle for the ass, and a rod for the fool's back. And that's just a proverb, and we're not advocating whipping horses or uh, bridling donkeys. I don't think that'd be that big of a deal. Uh, But a rod for the fool's back. What's the point of that proverb? Pain. That's the point. You You know, foolishness. Living life as a fool, and we've, and we've taken time, because the Bible says so much about, the, it, it describes for us a fool, the characteristics of a fool. And as I read through it and I study it, I ponder those things, and I ponder it in, in, in my life, and I go, okay. There are several things where I look at it and go, wow, that's who I used to be. And some of the other areas of my life where I look at it and go, wow, yeah, I, I still play the fool sometimes. I still have this tendency, and I don't want to. So wisdom's crying out. And I remind you again of James chapter 1. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not. He doesn't hold it back. And it, wisdom, shall be given thee. God gives wisdom to people who humble themselves and say, God I need wisdom. I need understanding for my situation. God, please give me wisdom. Wouldn't it be great for some parents tonight to say, Lord, I need wisdom in parenting my children. God, I don't have the understanding I need. And and Dad, I can remember you saying to me on several occasions when I was growing up, and I'm the oldest in my family, my dad saying to me, Seth, this is the first time I've ever done this. And I was the oldest. I was the oldest, and it was. And now I've said that to Ian once or twice. You're the first time I've ever been through this. Never had an 11-year-old before. And you know what I, you know what I ought to be doing as a father? God, would you give me wisdom in training up my children? You know what I ought to be doing as a pastor? God, would you give me wisdom that I'll be the pastor that you'd have me to be? God, would you give me wisdom and understanding when it comes to studying your word, God? Lord, would you give me wisdom? You can pray that. I can pray that. And God knows our hearts. Is there anything in your life you need wisdom? Because to go through life like we got it figured out without humbling ourselves and acknowledging that we don't and that he does is pride and it is foolishness. 
And it would make no sense at all for a believer who is indwelt by the Spirit of God to live like there is no God. That would be, that would be the epitome of foolishness.